0: Welcome to the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns
1: and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses from your professional life to your emotional health.
0: You're a mom and so much more.
1: Let's figure out what comes next together. Hi, welcome to the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast, the podcast where we give busy moms the tools and motivation to make their ellipses. You know, all those dot, dot, dots that come after mom and count. I'm Missy Stevens. I'm a mom and dot, dot, dot writer, foster care advocate, and this week, furniture repair person. And
0: I'm Suzanne Kearns. I'm a mom and dot, dot, dot writer, LGBTQ ally. And today, a school photo package evaluator. I mean seriously, why are there so many? And I really want to know why the value package is $7 more than the premium package. I <laughs> I have questions. I have questions. Oh, today, we are so excited to have Danielle Bettman on the show. Danielle is an early child educator, parenting coach, and founder of Wholeheartedly. Her coaching teaches families with strong-willed littles how to manage tantrums, eliminate power struggles, and get on the same parenting page mom of two young girls danielle offers a blend of lived experience and educational training and understands the need for sanity plus solutions she helps parents extend their patience rewire their mindset and write a family business plan we are going to be talking about that mm-hmm. <laughs> to, yes, <we> fa- are. <laughs> <laughs> to foster empathy empowerment and resilience in both children and their parents Danielle also hosts the Failing Motherhood podcast. We're big fans, aiming to normalize the struggle and share vulnerable stories. Welcome. We are
2: so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited.
1: So we know you from your Failing Motherhood podcast that we love, but for our listeners who don't know you yet, can you give us a little, Danielle 101, just your career path, what led you to wholeheartedly and anything else you want to share?
2: Of course. Sure. So, you know, when you're 18 and you feel like you are supposed to know what you want to be when you grow up and no one Mm -hmm. does. um, Mm -hmm. All I knew at that point was that I loved working with kids. So I went to college for early childhood education, birth through third grade, with the teaching certification for elementary built in and just figured I, it would give me a lot of options and I'd figure it out as I went. And so out of college, I was working in uh, classrooms in Head Start and Early Head Start, which is the age three to five, and then moved into Early Head Start, which is babies, infants and toddlers up until they pre- like graduate to preschool. And I loved it. But what I realized was that what happens at home. Is what's really wiring kids. And parents are doing the hardest job in the world with all of the world's best intentions and no manual orientation period support system to speak of at this point. And I wanted to be able to impact more than just that one child in the family for that one school year. And so I took the opportunity to partner with Save the Children and start home visiting. And so I did that for the next four to five years of spending an hour in the families in my caseloads home every single week and really getting to partner with the parents and uh, come alongside them with more support and more resources and doing developmental screenings and milestone work and giving them books to read. And it was incredible because the families wanted the support. They were so receptive and welcomed me Mm -hmm. in as like a new member of their family. And I just absolutely loved it until I had my daughter, my first daughter. And I was surprised that anyone listened to a word I had to say before I became a (laughs) parent myself (laughs) because the textbooks are one thing, but like motherhood and parenting and the parent child relationship is just next level than Reality like your relationship very with other different. people's kids. So <laughs> different. So I ended up having my daughters back to back. They are 15 months apart, which professionally I don't recommend. <laughs> it was a blur. I um, and even... we had some really oh, rough wow. years as a I family bet. when they were really little. Um, and so Uh, Now, when I was on the other side of that, I started leading a mom's group for our church and going back to that question of what I want to be when I grow up again and having a midlife crisis. And (laughs) eventually that led me to starting my company wholeheartedly about two and a half years ago. And it came out of the fact that I just really love working one on one with parents that want to do their darndest to get this parenting thing right. And just know that with more perspective and understanding and tools and being able to hash out some of their differences, they'll be able to feel like they are actually the parent that their kids need. And so I have started doing that in home. Now it's all virtual, of course, because of right. lovely COVID.
1: Um, mm. But
2: I can reach families everywhere, which I love. And then yeah. I started my podcast about a year ago called Failing Motherhood. And that came out of a survey that i was asking families like what are the things that keep you up at night what are your biggest fears and i figured it would be you know something happening to their kids or like safety concerns or things like that and like 75 percent of the answers were my temper is screwing up my child and i feel like i'm failing at motherhood and so i was like this is the message we need to talk about then so i started failing motherhood being able to interview any expert or regular mom that felt like they could resonate with that feeling of failing at motherhood from time to time or every day. And so we (laughs) talked about it. (laughs) And so um, it's hopefully very uh, reassuring that you're not alone if you have those feelings and you still are the parent that your kids need. And it's okay to ask for help and take care of yourself along the way. So that leads us to today. And now,
0: you know, our listeners know we're more of a mom podcast than a parenting podcast, but I feel like your expertise and your parent coach advice could also be used to kind of set up habits to build more dedicated mom time. We're going to talk a little bit later about the family business plan, but just curious if you have any other kind of two birds with one stone bits of advice. So things that we can apply to our parenting that have the trickle down benefit of helping our kids, but also help us to free up time for our mom things. Yeah, it's all
2: meshed together. It is. It is. is. And that that's really kind of my whole philosophy is like you can have parenting strategies of like what to do with consequences and how to handle a meltdown and some of these things that are just like the what to do how to do it type of logistics yeah but if you don't address the whole you side of parenting then you're missing the mark completely and you don't have even the capacity to do the things that you're learning mm-hmm. um, and make it possible to get your kids to listen because a huge part of parenting is. The parent, it's it's you, and so if if it was called childing, it would be a totally different thing. But it's called parenting,
1: so they have that down. The kids have the childing down.
2: Yes, (laughs) they're they are nailing the childing. We are the ones that are screwing up the parenting, and so we're the ones that need the work. And it's because we don't come into this whole thing of having all of the world's lessons figured out and now we just like pass them on to our kids like yoda like we don't have this full level of enlightenment and then you're able to become pregnant no it's the opposite like they they (laughs) come and they enlighten all of the things that we did not know we were struggling with all of the temper we did not know we had all of the ways that we can learn and grow alongside them and we get to decide to show up for that journey yeah. and you know be humble enough to apologize when we are learning things for the first time with our guinea pig kid and yep. <laughs> you know having having the wherewithal to realize how influential and what of a big responsibility it is to take care of these kids and really equip us to do that job well so uh, i think so much of our well-being correlates with our kids well-being And of course we care about our kids well-being. Like we take them to the well checks. We do all the things, you know, we try to feed them the food that they don't want to eat, even though it's healthy, (laughs) you know, like we do all those things, but somehow don't think that our well-being plays a huge role as well in them being able to grow up, you know, healthy and well-adjusted and all of the things. And so that's one of the messages that I really want to um, equip moms with is to like stop feeling any guilt. For doing what makes you feel like a real person and not just like the self care of like you should shower, but like (laughs) live your own life and do the things that remind you who you are and maybe you need to rediscover who you are. But that is a huge part of parenting as well um, to be able to prioritize I am a real person with my own needs and uh, there are limits of how much I can give another person because I'm still human. And the more that I can forgive myself and have self-compassion, the more that I can do that for my kids and see that they're a human too, that messes up and has bad days. And we can just all forgive each other and keep moving forward and just have less guilt in the first place of feeling like we need to be perfect or feeling like we need to have it all together.
1: Yeah. I do feel like guilt has its place in our world and it's a really valid feeling, but I think mothers in particular have like cornered the market on just just really dwelling in that guilt instead yeah. of looking at that whole picture uh, It kind of leads us into this to the big picture that family business plan. I think we could spend the entire episode talking about it but I really <laughs> want to talk about how that can help us with being the whole person we want to be and getting our partners and our kids on board with the big picture of what we're trying to accomplish.
2: Yeah. So the family business plan idea came to me as I was writing my business plan for my company. And I just had the thought of what if we brought the level of intentionality we take to work home, what would that look like? And of course we understand that the best principles behind good leadership requires a really healthy relationship where the employees feel heard and empowered and there's so much that goes into the management of people in the business sense and we realize the value of clear communication and having a vision that we're all on board with the end goals where we're going with things and just you know doing all of these things to set ourselves up for success when Mm -hmm. what we want to have or these outcomes we don't take that home And so the family business plan, it basically created six conversational exercises that parenting partners hash out together to be able to identify your family's identity and your family's core values and your family's mission statement and really be able to make that real life day to day applicable and in in that implementation phase so that your kids also really get a healthy sense of belonging and, um, you know, connection through your leadership. So there's a couple different steps to it. There is um, being able to write down your end goals, like 20 years from now, who do you want your kids to be? What do you want to be true of their life? What skills do you want them to have learned? And you you may have these things floating around your head but it's kind of that spaghetti at a wall, whatever sticks we will hope for the best, some type of a semblance <laughs> of a human being at the end of this that yeah. contributes to society, right? But like right. writing them down for the first time and being able to really get clear about what that looks like based on your life experience, your partner's life experience, what you feel like is necessary for success in the current world or the current world 20 years from now and really yeah. thinking about that and then let that really inform your decisions now to create the trajectory to get there. Because what you can realize is, maybe what you're looking for 20 years from now, the path towards that isn't the most well-behaved first-time obedience child. And being able to really kind of break down that premise is needed so that you can feel like you are doing the things that matter most in the long run.
0: Right, yeah, and not necessarily like, I want them to be a doctor or a lawyer. It's more of just (laughs) kind of general life skills or like what kind of person. And then you obviously need to weave that in with, and who do I want to be? And who does my partner want to be? And like, how does that all mesh together?
2: Yes. Because the next piece of it is like those core values. So I have a sheet that's like every positive attribute that you could want your kids to be on, you know, one sheet of paper. And I tell them that together, you can only whittle it down to 10. And then you have to prioritize them from one to 10 with one being the most important value. And these are all like things that you'll subscribe to or ascribe to as a whole, as a family, you know, for the next 18 years. And when you get clear about what those look like, then we, you know, I go through and I kind of ask, what does that word mean to you guys? And how does that, you know, inform what you're doing? And then the most convicting part of it is I ask for which of those characteristics are their personal strengths and which are their Mm. personal weaknesses And then being able to realize that like the most powerful way that these values are gonna be instilled is by your example. And it's always like, oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We've been working on our values just individually and as a show. And in fact, we did some more work on it last week and it sounds simple, but it's not simple. It's not And especially when you get that big list of all the possible things. I mean, we circled everything that we thought our show valued and we were like you have a circle that one and that one and that one it was this giant <laughs> list so we had circled all of them so then we had to start putting yes. them into buckets it's hard
2: it's yeah. very hard and narrowing it down with another parenting partner that grew up in an entirely different environment from right. you and sees the world in a different lens and sees your child's behavior in a totally different light like that's where you read it's the you Ooh. know it meets the road of being able to figure this out together. And that's mm-hmm. where you're really going to find the value of getting on the same page Is being able to carve out the time to hash out that conversation. It's so valuable on the other side to have that shared language of like, you know, remember in our family, we da da da, and being able mm-hmm. to have those statements that back you up. It like makes you feel like, okay, I do. I don't know what I'm doing a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I am helping going back to moms and career and that wholeness, like that helps you then make decisions for your family, knowing this is where our values lie.
2: Exactly. I will do this
1: thing or not, or I need to pursue this education or not, or whatever it is.
2: Yes. So hopefully what, by the time that you kind of think about your identity of how you spend your time and money and really get clear on that mission statement, then that's going to be the cornerstone that you make those decisions from. Mm -hmm. And it is hopefully will educate your decision of whether or not you do private school or whether or not you decide to do van life and travel the world or like, you know, whatever (laughs) you decide are these big things moving forward as a family. It's because of that core base of this is our foundation. This is who we are. This is what we do, and this is what we're trying to do as a family, and what's going to give us the more the most ROI for that. And a lot of that then can be broken down what I recommend is, is having family meetings as a follow up that really mm-hmm. makes that applicable day to day when you're able to solve problems as a family, you're able to come together on big decisions as a family. And that's where you can identify, hey, I really think that this is something we should consider, or this is a priority for us. And it's waning, you know, like we got way too many extracurriculars, we're not having any dinner as a family anymore. That's a problem. Let's present that to the family and then be able to brainstorm some solutions. And being able to have everybody have a voice to that conversation is so empowering for your kids.
0: I'm so curious, like, especially you mentioned this van life. I have a friend, my friend Bian, who she and her family have been sailing for Mm -hmm. over a decade, I think. And she has a really amazing Instagram. It's sailing totem t-o-t-e-m um and she's got you know kids they've been schooling on this sailboat <laughs> for, wow. for a decade Can you imagine um, i can't imagine but i'm really curious and i don't want to use her as an example because i mean i've known her for ages and they were very much like the whole family was on board with this but i'm thinking like what if it someone was the i want to sail the world or i want to live in the rv and travel the world and the other one's like super homebody and how do you then in those family meetings if one of them's like, I would really like to sail the world and someone's like, I love just staying here. Like, how <laughs> do you st- how do you start working through those and how do you make compromises and make those decisions?
2: Yeah, that's, I think, a, a reality and a lot of, of a smaller sense of that with the pandemic, because yeah. every decision has felt so much higher risk lately Mm -hmm. where it's like, do we go to this family wedding? Do we let the kids go over this play date? Do we do in-person school? I mean, like everything feels like it's a big decision that has a lot of like ramifications and consequences down the road with that ripple effect of that conversation. So even more important than to have that like prerequisite conversations hashed out and led up to this is what we're trying to do these this is the, these are the main values we're trying to instill in our kids and then let those inform each decision mm-hmm. of does this feel right to be able to give us the opportunity to you know travel the world or have them be really open-minded or you know create these memories or whatever we're trying to do does that feel like the best decision the best next right step for our family yeah. or is that just like An escape and probably not what's actually best because it really has to be informed too by the personalities that are in your home and just because something is academically valuable or like what someone else is doing or something that sounds. fun or recommended, you have to know that it's the right fit for the kids in front of you Mm -hmm. and only you as the expert CEO of your family knows that deep down because you've spent the time and you know them Mm -hmm. the best. Yeah.
1: yeah, my husband's so much better at that than I am. I'm listening to you talk and I'm thinking he can boil it down really fast to what matters. Mm-hmm. Whereas I can get very caught up in the the what ifs, especially when you're talking about this past however long our whole mm-hmm. lives of covid. <laughs> I think it's every decision to me is fraught with an emotional level that he can take out. Yeah. And he can say it makes more sense for our family right now to not do this thing or to do this thing this way where I'm spiraling off to the side about the the more touchy-feely parts of it, I guess. So it does mm-hmm. help if your family has a plan. I think that I would probably refer to that and at least get myself halfway to the point of sanity and he could take <laughs> me the rest of the way.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's value in that yin to yang. There is so much of mm-hmm. that opposites attract mentality and partners that is valuable and we have to yeah. realize you know the different insights and how we can embrace that and be- you know to be- best inform like that whole holistic approach of what's best yeah. for our family and so don't completely discount that like it's only yeah. you know logic only kind of an analytical mindset right. but i do think that it it's not that it'll ever go away that you don't question the plan or that you don't have you know, distractions or new shiny things and ideas that come up against what you've already identified as what this Mm -hmm. season looks like for your family. And that's where, you know, it's nice to have that to back you up because yeah, there's going to be a random friend that's like, Oh, my, you know, my kids are doing soccer and we're coaching. Why don't you just do soccer with us? Or, you know, there's this new trip that we could go on, but it's going to conflict with whatever. Or like for us this summer, Mm -hmm. we had friends that were like, Hey, we have rabbits do you want our rabbits and it was kind of like a question like ah I don't, I don't know like are, I don't know. are we committing to like a 10-year relationship yeah. with two rabbits like what's happening right now um, I tried to be able so- to what are we doing now <laughs> yeah. we need to know do you have rabbits we did actually end up getting them and one of them has died and we have Aww. spent like the whole summer at the vet with the other one it has been <sighs> An undertaking.
1: Oh, <laughs> so my like really? I really wish I hadn't taken. Didn't these rabbits. know what we were signing up for with that <laughs> oh, one. <so>.
0: No. now <laughs> you can make a more informed decision the next time you get offered a rabbit.
1: <laughs>
2: right. We, no more pets for us.
1: Yeah. <laughs> under your family business plan on rabbits, it's no. <laughs> No,
2: right. no. <laughs> but we oh. love felix he's he's part of our oh, family now. felix no. yeah oh sweetie
0: okay so now as we're talking about this family business plan since we're very much focused on the mom love our kids but we're just we're here for the moms <laughs> yeah. so so say the mom decides she wants to try a new endeavor or work that into the business plan that involves maybe taking classes or taking a certain amount of time to go to a conference or something like that and uh, that may or may not be Supported by her partner or kids. And I'm just, mm-hmm. I love the work that you have done about unlearning habits that you get either from not that uh, childhood trauma, but also just childhood, what you have learned through right. your childhood and maybe the roles that your partner assumed that the mom would take or mm-hmm. something that you learned along the way that is either inhibiting your ability to go and try something new, or it's inhibiting your partner's <laughs> ability to let you go try something new. and. I feel like my husband might feel like he's getting thrown under the bus with a lot of stuff. I'm not talking about him. We have a lot of discussions with people within our group, or friend circles, or just yeah. people that um, we know struggling from school circles and that type of thing. So i just, I know it's something that we hear a lot of. Where either people, because of something they learned in their own childhood, they think I can't do that, I can't take that risk, I don't deserve to to try this thing. Their partner might be putting that on top of them. So just mm-hmm. really curious how you help people work through that.
2: Yeah, I think that's a great question. So, so such a real thing that is very common um, in the years of either transitioning into motherhood or transitioning when kids get back to school and you know having another midlife crisis again of who am I now? And you know, there's a huge identity shift there. There's a huge change in you know how you grow as a woman, and I think it's so valuable because you really get pushed to your limits and you find strength you didn't know you had. And at the same time, you know, you question everything you thought you loved before, because now with the perspective you have, none of that matters. So what does and, you know, all of that is so normal. And so if you're in the midst of that and you don't have it figured out, it's okay. (laughs) You're not alone. (laughs) Um, But I think I heard a quote once and I'm probably going to butcher it, but basically it says like one of the greatest disservices we can do to our kids is to live a life unlived as a parent. Mm. And I really think that when you, and I've heard research too, where if you ask kids when they are teenagers, what they wished, what their parents would have done differently, it's usually comes down to, I wish my parents were happier. Mm. And, So thinking about that in light of the decisions that you have to make about whether or not you work part-time, whether or not you start a career, whether or not you do a side hustle, whatever that looks like for you, really value your own happiness and what lights you up. And when you are able to pursue a passion, you are showing your kids what's possible. And it's not always going to be what you valued as a kid growing up because Mm -hmm we live in a completely different world right now, but I think, you know, being able to show our kids that we do care about things outside of our home, it takes a weight off of their shoulders of feeling like they're our whole world and that our happiness is dependent upon their academic success or their behavior or them, you know, becoming a protege in some extracurricular activity, Mm -hmm. being able to just show them we have our own things that light us up and that we're running with and doing. And of course, you know we're so happy to take them along for that ride as well but it's not entirely dependent upon other people like we are self-sufficient we don't have to make them responsible for our emotions or you know make them feel like they have a bigger role in their uh, age appropriate ready right. for yeah um, so whether that's showing them that it's possible to have a career and spend more time at home, you know, part time, um, or whether that's just letting them see you crochet on the couch, you know, like whatever that looks like for you, it is healthy and lean into that.
1: I love that so much because I, the, well, I hate the idea that any children would be tied to their parents' happiness, but of course they are. And it breaks my heart to think that teenagers who are some of the most self-absorbed people in the world (laughs) would actually say, Hey, I wish that my parents were happier. Like that says a lot about what they're seeing out Mm -hmm. of us. And so- it's just, it's freeing. I feel like it gives everybody the permission to go, go be happy, go find something that sparks your joy. We talk about it a ton on this podcast of trying to figure out what those values are and then what does light you up and then how you turn that into a life. And so I just, that's great. It's good to have that permission.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Parent coach approved. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yes. There's, there's so much value in the Quality versus the quantity of the time that you spend with your kids, and if yeah. you can really make the two hours at the end of the day worth it, because you filled your own cup all day, that is just as advantageous to your kids as being staying home that full day and just being absolutely genuinely miserable.
0: Yeah, yeah that actually kind of leads me into my next question. <laughs> yes. and not that being a stay-at-home mom is miserable, but I'm gonna no. I'm gonna bring it this is for some people. That's true. That is true. Um, and, and some days are better than others. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I've talked about it before, and maybe this is my own issue. I just need to work through. Um, but growing up, my mom was a single mom, full-time working mom. And I I was really proud of that. Like, I didn't have a lot of friends whose moms worked full-time or worked at all, and I was like, I thought that was pretty cool. And I feel like there was a lot of benefits for me and for my brother, too, as far as independence and we were the classic 80s latchkey kids and you know but i think there's a lot to be said for that and it's kind of funny i'm living the life i think that she wanted to have her goal was to be a stay-at-home mom and because of life circumstances Mm -hmm. was not able to do that and now i here i am like living the dream and live my dream too. I had always wanted to be able to be home with my kids too. Um, but I feel like I'm not setting a great feminist example for my daughter or for my son, as far as what his expectations are. I right. have female gender, you know, stereotypical female gender roles. So I'm just really, I've kind of worked past that as far as finding volunteer service that I feel very passionate about. As far as my informed parents of Austin advocating for LGBTQ students, both Missy and I do stuff with foster kids. I do it with a group called Caring Hope, and Missy, I'm gonna mess up your name of your groups. What are you? You do CASA advocacy work. Yes, and the then I have group? a
1: family connection to Foster Village. Foster Village. Just thank that. you.
0: So we've through volunteer work and other activities starting a podcast. I have been able to show my daughter that, no, I'm not just sitting around waiting for you to get home from school. So they get that. (laughs) Um, But I do think, I mean, but it also took me 15 years. Um, And I do know that there was probably a point about 10 years ago or so where I was just like, Oh my gosh. I am literally just a lady who bakes cupcakes and that is, that is my contribution. And there is a time and a place for that. And I think that there, during that time, that really was, that's all I had to give. And that was fine. And I, I have no shame in that. And for, if anybody's in their cupcake phase, do the cupcakes (laughs) or like
1: I was for a while, I was so miserable in my role that I couldn't even make the cupcakes. Like, yes. that was
2: yeah, my full job, but I could
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. When Pop. the cut, of...
1: yeah, when the cake pops go against the wall. Yeah, the cake pops hit the <laughs> fan. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That uh, makes me feel really good. <laughs> so yeah. <thank> you. <laughs> yeah, but I do
0: feel like there are some, there's people who are in that phase who are like, this is where I need to be right now. But there um, are people in that phase that are like, I don't want to be in this phase anymore. I'm, I'm in this rut. Um, so I'm just curious, what kind of things can moms be doing to either, you know, model that independent woman behavior, even when you're not feeling super independent financially? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So I just... It's, again, it's my own issue, but since we have you here, I'm just going to go ahead and get some free <laughs> it's our therapy.
2: Our podcast. Yeah. No, I think that's so universal, and I I know that it doesn't rely on the logistics of like that there's only one definition of you know what the quote unquote right thing to do is, or that it has to be a 40 hours a week position, or like you know you have to break past whatever that first impression was and okay. really create an, a unique individualized definition of what it looks like to you to live the example that you'd want to model to your kids. And it does have to be custom to your personality and to be able to embrace that every human, it comes down to our basic needs that all humans need to feel belonging and significance. And so so much of every season of life, you're looking for that belonging and significance. And if you are all of a sudden, your life is racked and you're staying home with kids you have a huge hole to fill in those areas of feeling like you have an identity outside of your kids yeah. that you ascribe to like something bigger than you you know with a whether that's a corporation or a volunteer organization or right. something and then being able to feel like you contribute and that you're capable and that you are doing something that you know you were put on this earth to do the Mm -hmm. raising kids is that but it doesn't give you that big huge you know boost uh every day of that accomplishment of feeling like you're you're doing the things and you get to check off all the boxes and it just is a totally different level of fulfillment that you i think a lot of times you need to be able to balance that with something outside of that motherhood role that allows Mm -hmm. you to feel that fulfillment and so whatever that looks like in every season i think just give yourself the permission to pursue it and continue to find ways to logistically make that happen. And if it's a win-win of being able to do that while spending a little more time at home, then amazing. I think that's the best of both worlds.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I feel better. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I think it comes down to, and, you know, Missy and I have done a lot of exercise around this and we've had such amazing coaches come on and talk about this. I think my problem was that back when when i recognized that okay yeah i'm my time starting to free up a little bit i want to extend myself and do um some more things i didn't even know where to start it was super overwhelming i think we mm-hmm. had the conversation um oh gosh it was julie lithcott Hames had something in the your turn book about yeah. there's too many flavors of jelly like you can't like there's a study about when people go into a grocery store if they have to look at a 100 different jellies they're like screw it i I have no jelly no jelly (laughs) whereas if you have four to choose from like oh i would like the strawberry preserves um and i think i was feeling that and i was feeling that there was just so much to choose from didn't know where to start had lost sight and it was. I can't even blame it on the kids. I think I had already lost sight of what I wanted to be doing and what my values were and what brought me joy back when I was working before I even had kids. I think I just followed a weird, like, oh, I'll just yeah. get this degree in college. Oh, and that degree, I guess, gets this job without ever yep. putting very much thought into it. And, ooh, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to sidetrack. Are you having a moment? I'm going to sidetrack because we have four minutes before we have to cut off for... Um, <laughs> Look, look, listen, learn. But no, since, okay, since you are a parenting coach, we don't usually talk about kids stuff. And so I'll cut this out if it isn't relevant to anybody else, but this whole, you can tell how much I'm spinning and spiraling on this just because I, I can see even...
1: you thinking, I can literally see you thinking. Oh, you
0: can see <laughs> yeah. But no, because, okay. so I worry about this because I'm going all the way back to this is when I made a college major decision. This is when I just followed that path back in the day when we thought that you had to continue the path, whatever you chose in college. Well, I guess you're stuck with it now. So I'm very much in that mindset while my daughter, who is a junior now, is in the process of having to make decisions about where to go to college, what to major mm-hmm. in. And I feel like I'm in, I, I'm going back to that place of like, oh my God, if you don't choose the right thing, <laughs> you're going to be stuck with this for the next 70 years. When I know logically, that's not what the world is anymore, but, right. um, I'm just, as, I'm sure this would not be the first time that you would have a parent come to you with a kid who's starting college. And like, what advice do you give for either helping or getting out of the way as they're starting to make these decisions about their own lives?
1: Mm. And whatever yeah. advice it is probably really applicable to moms who are in the, I'm starting semi-fresh yes. place too. Yeah
2: yeah, 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 yeah. And I, my expertise is the birth through third grade. And oh, okay. My my daughter's in third grade now, and I'm like, all right, I'm out. I don't know what to do. After this. You're on your own. So whole new whole new territory. From nine to eighteen. Good luck. No, but I think that there's like three big phases of parenting. The first one is teaching. Like literally everything from how to hold a fork to how to use the ba- bathroom to how to ask for what you want. You know, all of those right. things are the first eight years. And then the next phase is kind of counseling where you're able to have longer conversations about the whys and the hows of, mm-hmm. you know, respecting adults and, you know, going through clicks in- with friends and just being able to really pour into them. And then that's kind of eight to 12. And then from 12 on, you're more of a coach. And so you're really kind of trusting the process that you had the conversations and you've taught the skills, and now they mm-hmm. are putting them to practice while still having a little bit of a safe haven to fail within and take risks right. in to be able to really get their feet underneath them before they kind of spring out into the world. And the less you rely on the external motivations of how to control that behavior, the more that they'll be able to really wire that internal drive, that it becomes mm-hmm. you know, who they are and what they do. Because of who they are, and that's what they do, and so uh, being able to really trust that process, and you know, it's there's no guarantees. There's just no guarantees in parenting, which is why it's so frightening and uh, it's cruel to watch them walk away, and you're just like, ah, did I do everything right? Um, So just, I think that's just another. I
0: think that's another check in the box for yes. I should hire one of those college coaches, Missy. Yeah,
2: (laughs) I I think I think so. Yeah. Yes, that would be a great conversation.
0: Yeah, because yeah, that is another thing I'm realizing that a lot of people do is they actually, and obviously we're fans of coaches in the sense that yeah everybody an needs entire a podcast around it um and the importance of finding coaches for your needs. And I think more and more I'm going to the side of, I think for her well-being and me, just, I mean, you saw me do a little spiral just thinking about, she's not even in her senior year yet, but just me putting all my baggage on her about these decisions that she's making, which should be really fun and exciting. And instead Mm -hmm. I'm like, but you could pick the wrong one. (laughs) This is your
1: whole life. (laughs) 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 I can't stop thinking about what you said though, as you, as you started your spiral, (laughs) you were saying (laughs) that your journey with, with where we are now really started even before you had kids. And I had never thought of it that way but it's so true that I, I mean, I did not love what I was doing when I had my first child, Mm -hmm. I had gone out on my own and had this marketing communications business. And I was really not great at it. I thought I was going to be great at it, but I was not ready to own my own company and it was a huge struggle. And so I was already in the, what am I doing spiral? I had left my corporate Mm -hmm. job. I thought I could do this on my own. I was failing. And then having this baby, expecting to continue working. And it just kind of a whole bunch of things happened in life and I did not keep working, but I was already in a place of not knowing myself. And so that's a, that goes right into what we are trying to do with our podcast and what you're trying to do with yours. We have to know our values. We have to know ourselves Mm -hmm. in order to live wholeheartedly and make good decisions. And so I just, that's a, that's a piece that I had never thought about for my own puzzle, we're both like, don't you love how you've counseled us both into these places? Of- yes. Oh
0: my Whoa. God. I feel like we've maybe, it- yeah, we've been blaming our shit on all the, the kids
1: all this time. And right, it, really-
0: right? <laughs> it was way before them. It's but all it's great. I think us.
1: families, moms, all of us, there's a lot of work we all need to do to get to that place. And to your point, Suzanne, I mean, your daughter doesn't have to know that right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But I think that's- that, I mean, I love going back to the family business plan because doing that values exercise, whether you're doing it when they're three or when they're 18, that Mm -hmm. can only help them.
1: Right. Yeah. And I
0: don't even want to say make better decisions because it's not a good or a bad decision. It's like yeah. decisions that are more in line with what makes sense for them. So I guess yeah. that's the right good.
1: decision for that moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is. Wow. Yeah. I feel really good. I <laughs> really convicted to put I, the business plan I on paper. God, I God, know. God. I know what we're doing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. So like I said, we got the look, listen, learns coming up here. But before we do that, we want to make sure we don't forget to tell people where to find you um, yes. either for coaching or also to listen to your podcast. So can you tell us where to find you?
2: Yeah, I am most active on Instagram. So you can find me at parent underscore wholeheartedly. And of course, you know, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can search for failing motherhood. And I am there. I do biweekly Tuesday episodes. So subscribe there and then my website to find more information about how to work with me. If you are a family with maybe some strong-willed kids, age one to seven, and you really want to get control of their behavior, but also know that your patience is a big part of it and you want to get on the same page as your parenting partner and write this family business plan, then um, go to parentingwholeheartedly.com slash coaching.
1: right. All right. I would say most children age one to seven are pretty strong-willed. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, they all are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Are we ready for some look, listen, learns? I think so. Okay. Well, I'm going to just let people know if you have not uh, listened to the podcast before. Well, welcome. We're so glad you're here. But also <laughs> the look, listen, learns a segment where we take a few minutes to talk about something that we've been watching or reading or just looking at. <laughs> My, oh, my God. I got to send pictures on the Facebook page in our uh, mom and community. I tell you, our brand new outdoor. I talked about this yesterday, too, but I'm going to talk about it again. The bird poop that I was talking about, uh-huh. our we, our beautiful new patio our step pavers that I thought were covered with purple bird poop. Uh, we've been educated. I think it's squirrel pee. Really? So,
1: I don't know. I mean, that's a I'm, massive amount of squirrel pee. I don't, Daniel's like, what? You have to go find the pictures <laughs> just, because they're on Suzanne's Instagram. Like the whole stone is covered.
0: Oh, and that's just one stone. I mean, it is everywhere. It's like, it's like SeaWorld
1: Splash Zone out there. A squirrel. We pee. have a ton of squirrels. I've never seen anything like that. I don't know what it is.
0: Something bad's happening I to somebody. I'm kind, I don't know if I should be worried or just mad. <laughs> but anyway, where was I going with this?
1: i don't know where you were going oh that's that. what
0: i've been looking at i've been really oh, okay. looking and uh, learned about that but um and listening to you could be podcasts we've been listening to music we'd like or learning about can be just anything from an amazing class you're taking to a great shampoo you found so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: danielle do you have any look listen learns this week yeah i just finished the book the silent patient it was really good
0: I have not. E- See, I just yeah. told Missy that we need to make T-shirts for the podcast of me saying, "Ooh, I've never even heard of that before." Because I say <laughs> that about
2: every book. I've never even heard of that one. Ten of them. <laughs> it's it's a really good uh, page turner. Short chapters that you know kind of breaks down uh, a murder that happens at the very beginning of the the book, and then you know at the end you kind of. F- oh, figure out how it's on, on my list. whole new light and mm-hmm. it, it was it was a really good summer read I've been trying to okay. keep up with a monthly book club because I find reading fiction is a good like kind of a luxury thing that's like mm-hmm. a the way I spoil mm-hmm. myself to mm-hmm. not feel like I'm checking a box stuff for self-development and my biz- business business things right. so um, I could get caught up reading parenting books and all of those things all day but I need to it's just stay long have a time and place for yes. doing something for fun and that is mm-hmm. reading fiction for me. So I read The Silent Patient. I read uh, The Plot. I read mm-hmm. Such a Fun Age. And ah, the That's Vanishing on my list. Half. Yeah. The, what we'll was ago. that
0: last one? The
2: Vanishing Half. The Vanishing Half.
0: Okay. okay. Oh, I need to catch up. You know what? I have like 12 Audible credits. Yes. I need to use. Mm because I'm so cheap that whenever I want to read a book, I always check and see if the library has it first. And our library has a pretty amazing selection of audiobooks. So I But then whenever there's a wait list of like a hundred people, I'll do my audible credit. And I think yes. those are, those four I think are all popular enough that I probably need to cash in an audible credit for them. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I
2: love adding to the yeah. list. Um, I also have been shaving a lot since it's been summer. So I finally found, <laughs> um, it like basically like an aftershave it's oh. called tend skin i found it from like a thread of you know okay. in the moms group who because uh, we know everything and <laughs> it's on amazon um it is saving my life it, you no longer have like red bumps and things like it's <gasps> tend it's skin
1: okay i'm yes. ordering that
2: after we talk <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like where has it been my whole life like seriously
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah you know
2: what because
0: I Not put anything. off shaving because of those little bumps and stuff. I, oh, hate, yeah. them. I hate it. I hate yeah. it. Ooh, I'm yeah, And here. it's
1: always yeah. hot here. It's swimsuit season almost yes. year yep, round. Yes. And oh, yeah. um, I mean, I, ha- I have blonde hair. I can get away with a lot, but still it's gotta be done. And <laughs> yes. oh.
2: Yeah. I'm also trying out like the at home, uh, like laser hair removal. Like one of those Ooh. devices. Is it working? I'm I'm too too early in to really be yeah. able to give it a, a grade. I'm not super impressed so far, so I'm Does just sticking hurt? to it for like the twelve weeks. Uh, it doesn't really yeah. hurt, no. Okay. Um. So you kind of like build up the intensity, but I'm just yeah. mm-hmm. I, I I have a hard time seeing if like something that's under a hundred dollars will give me the same results as like several thousands, thousands of, dollars of dollars in the dermatology <laughs> clinic. But it's worth a try. <laughs> Oh. I know. I've thought
1: many times about pulling the trigger on that. I had I had a dermatologist years ago, I think before I had children. She was telling me the best thing she ever did was do her underarms laser hair removal, and I'm oh. like, oh, I man, I've been thinking about it since then. More than <laughs> two decades of doing you know it. I don't, know. I don't really get
0: bothered <laughs> too much about shaving, but I had one visit to the OBGYN where she was doing the breast exam, and you know, have you you have your arm up like this, and she was uh-huh. like, you've got to like you know, just one of those stray hairs that the razor always misses. And I, I felt like it was like three inches long. I'm sure it wasn't that bad. <laughs> but like, A, why didn't my husband mention this to me? Because but... he doesn't see that. No, <laughs> he doesn't see that.
1: <laughs> but I'm
0: like, oh, God. And I don't wear tank tops or anything. But no, I feel like there's more and more as I lose my flexibility and my <laughs> and just giving a <laughs> really. (laughs) I think I'm not as thorough as probably I need to be. So that probably would be a really good idea. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Oh, I love these. That is a great. I know. That's a good idea. Okay. I'm going to go look into 10 skin. Yes. Okay. And let's see, Missy, what about you? Um, oh gosh, I don't have anything that fascinating. Like I, I know that. <laughs> that's a great recommendation. <laughs> I have been watching the chair on Netflix. Have either one of you watched the chair yet? I've mm-hmm. never even heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Sandra Oh from Grey's anatomy and what's the show with the oh, killing Eve killing Eve. Yeah. Um, so she's so, so good, but this is a story about a She's appointed the chair position in a college English department, and it's a struggling English department. Um, I particularly, as an English major, love it. They're talking about how nobody wants to be an English major anymore because, I mean, there's no money in it, which I can confirm. Um, (laughs) There's no money in it. And the students coming in want to learn how to make a product. They want to be content creators. Mm. And so- I love it in our world of being content creators and writers and, uh, but of course she's got this department full of personalities and and the school administration and students to deal with. And and it's really been good. Like I look forward to, I don't even know how many episodes there are total. It just started it, but I look forward to every day trying to get a little, at least a little bit of an episode in. Um, so that's a fun one. And I oh. feel like I had to learn to share, but it's escaping me. This is why I should write these things down. <laughs> you go, Suzanne. If I remember, I'll that's,
0: share. It. That's my problem. Most things I learn, I forget. Yeah. Uh, let's yeah. see.
1: Well, I've already
0: shared the bird poop. That wasn't something, or no, squirrel pee, I guess, correct. Whatever it is. Oh, yeah. animal something. Be sure to visit our socials for up close pictures of Suzanne's animal feces and urine photos on her oh. brand new backyard. Dang it! Oh, they're the worst. Um, the squirrels—they're the worst. And you know what? The dogs bark at them so much, and I have been like taking the squirrel side and bringing the dogs in. But now I'm like, "Go get it! Go get it!" Yes.
1: <laughs> I mean, I have fed them before, like out behind behind our backyard, is some green space, and I've in hung a squirrel feeder out there before. Yeah, in my pumpkin patch, and. I'm like i think they're cute and i'm like i'll just feed you out there and you'll stay out of my yard and the little boogers would get their food and then climb into my yard and sit there and eat it yeah and like, eat it out there <laughs> then they'd wander around my yard and eat stuff off my plants i'm feeding you in your space but they don't care no i i used to have
0: a neighbor and we made fun of him because he used to trap them and then bring him out to like buda or something and <laughs> release them and I'm like, you realize you don't live like in a Truman bubble. If you bring them out, they're still they still exist. Well plus
1: there's plenty of them. There are so yeah, many of they, them. It's a full-time job trapping they squirrels. Fall back
0: in. But yeah, no, I'm gonna bet I'm gonna
1: hire Kevin to come get my squirrels. Okay.
0: <laughs> what am I watching? I am watching Nine Perfect Strangers, and it is based on a Leanne Moriarty book. Um yep. And like the title says, it's nine perfect strangers. And it's this it's like super exclusive, she, like wellness resort where people are going to find themselves and find their paths. And I was like, Ooh, mm-hmm. that sounds familiar, Missy. <laughs> That's like some place we might go. And the resort director is this Masha, who is Nicole Kidman doing the most bizarre Russian accent. I don't know. Is that what it is? It's Australian. She's still Australian. <laughs>
1: like, no. It's not a Russian. Are but, you- I mean, she's. Well, it's supposed to be Russian but it's still her oh, Australian okay. accent. I thought you, know? you meant like, she was actually playing an Australian. No, she's <laughs> playing a Russian. Oh, I was going to say um, she's bad. I though. have watched a couple episodes too because I loved the book and yeah, that accent's terrible. It's not good. And she looks it's bizarre. I don't know,
0: maybe she maybe she's just acting so well that I think she's bizarre. I right, mean, she the is, character it's a bizarre is bizarre. Character. Like, yeah. Um, but the cast is so awesome. Melissa McCarthy is amazing. And then, is it Bobby Cannavale? Can am I say that Cannavale. right? Cannavale. Cannavale. Yeah. Um, he's one of those guys that I mix him up with another actor, so I actually had to look him up. And the thing, he's from so many things, but like he's, he's the so cop in Ant-Man. <laughs> I think that's yeah. where I remembered him the most from. And then Michael Shannon, um, he's in a ton mm-hmm. of stuff too, but I loved him in yeah. Boardwalk Empire. But oh, then, of yeah. course, Manny, Just I think it's Jacinta. Uh. Um, yes. from the good place who played jason <laughs> and it's such a different character so uh, different
1: that it's just fun to see him in jason mendoza is one of my favorite characters to ever grace <laughs> oh, the screen and <laughs> so i don't i don't like seeing manny not be jason but he is really good at this i think
0: yeah very, very good. So, um, so that, that has been interesting. A nice little break from our Sopranos and Game of Thrones binging. I don't know, we're just reliving our whatever 20 years ago was <laughs> a simpler time, yeah. um, but I'm also looking at my for people who listen back, uh, episode 17. Uh, Tina, we a long love, time ago. I know it was a long time ago, Michelle Garrett, who does diva with a purpose Mm -hmm. has these amazing soul refresh cards and it says hashtag diva affirmations, but it's just these, oh gosh, am I getting better at showing things on the camera? There you go. That's good. Yes. But it's just, it's quotes from, uh, people within her group, also like famous thought leaders and I think some of Michelle's very own thoughts, but just some inspirational quotes. There you go. Here's Brandy Riley saying, I know my truth and that's enough. I feel like that's kind of like uh, what we've been talking about a lot yeah. today, as far as finding your business plan, nailing down your values, knowing your truth and yeah. then letting that guide you. So yeah, these have been really amazing and are available. I love them. I keep mine by my bed and just look at one. Yeah. Whenever bed. you just need a little pick me up and just yeah, And Michelle, I we were just talking about, I don't know what's going on over there, but she she's is on doing, fire. She's on fire on social media, just doing some really fun TikTok videos and Instagram. So, yes, yeah. yeah. So definitely go and check out our friend Michelle Garrett at Divas with a Purpose. Um, but yes, so that is what I've been looking at. I love it. I and love now it. I got to go look yeah. really close up at some of the squirrel urine because oh, I got gross. some OxyClean. I'm either. Yeah. I'm going to figure this out. OxyClean has been recommended. And then also, what's the thing you spray on Owies? Not benzoyl peroxide. Hydrogen peroxide. Hydrogen peroxide. If you mix that with flour to, flour. A, peanut, to a peanut butter consistency and then you and smear make like a paste. it. And then you smear it, but then you have to cover it with plastic for two
1: days. <laughs> I've heard of baking soda, mixing it with baking soda, but not flour. That's a new one to me. I
0: don't know maybe you know what i better go look at that recipe again
1: but i swear <laughs> it, I swear it's it. like i mixed it with brown sugar and we just got ants i don't know <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah i better i better go give that one another
0: look i'm going to start with the oxyclean first because that doesn't involve like mixing chemicals it is already its own chemical and it says it's not going to kill all my brand new baby plants but so we'll see
1: yeah yeah oh my goodness
0: oh well as long this- as you don't get it right on
1: the plant you should
0: be fine Oh gosh! Can you hear my dogs? Nope. Are they telling you it's time to be done? I got
1: to go check on my patient. I have a sick. No,
0: there's. Oh yes, that's right. Um, No, no, they're just telling me that there's a fire truck in a 10 mile oh, radius, <laughs> they, just, they <laughs> howl, they let the whole neighborhood know it's real fun. Um, but yes, it has been so fun getting to know you and meeting Thank you, you and Thank learning you. more about all that you do. And so excited. Yeah. We're going to definitely get links to all the great things that you're doing in your podcast, as well as people who want to hook up with you for a wholeheartedly parent coaching. We'll get those links so that they can find you and you do service clients online, correct? All over? on zoom yep on zoom anywhere. so pr- they can be anywhere even yeah. texas
1: <laughs> one of the <laughs> upsides to our crazy pandemic world yes, yes. It's a blessing and a curse on.
0: i do think it has opened mm-hmm. up some communications and some like counseling options and some coaching yeah. options mm-hmm. that probably weren't available before to mm-hmm. people in different areas. So that is exciting. And not
2: having to leave the house is always a win. I oh you have goodness. a little I know. <laughs> Real Yes. Yeah. It's yes.
1: given everybody extra up to two hours for some people, I think, and maybe more depending on your commute. Like it has mm-hmm. really added to the amount of time we have to do something productive with our days. All our yeah. dot, dot, dots all our dot mm-hmm. dot
0: dots <laughs> well again it was so nice meeting you thank you so much for taking time out of your busy mm-hmm. schedule to chat Thanks with us me. Oh, this is so much fun all right have a good bye. day bye bye thank you so much for joining us for the mom and dot 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 podcast we hope you enjoyed the show today and if you know someone else who could benefit from today's episode be sure to share it with them also please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts You can find links to all the things we discussed today in the show notes over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, you can find us at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. You can find links to the group, all of our socials, and our questions and comments section over at our website, momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you so much. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.